Welcome to the Wind Daily Podcast. This is Jason Mizrahi, and we got Mark Paquette, the meteorologist here. We're talking about the Sunday, July 14th MLB slate. We're going to be covering the main slate this morning. Um, we're going to try to get it out there as quickly as possible. Seems pretty straightforward to me. Mark, how are you doing this Sunday morning? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing? Um, a little bit of a stressful weather night with the game in Coors, not starting till about 11.30 Eastern time after quite a bit of rain, but... Those that were patient and played those lineups, it certainly paid off with 20, how many runs was it? 28 combined runs? and whole I don't know how many runs were, were up there, but I knew I knew that game played, I was going to be in a good spot. I liked it to begin with, but when you throw in the factor that these pitchers are sitting on their asses for about two, three hours, kind of ruins their routine, batters can get up there and they can hit at any time in the period of the day or night, whatever happens, but pitchers... They have a system, and when their system gets thrown off and, and that routine gets broken just a little bit, uh, I believe a lot of pitchers are OCD in that sense. And I and I, I had a good feeling going in that they were going to get blown up. You know, me and you were, you know, going back and forth. You kind of were leaning towards, you know, not stacking. I was all aboard the stacks. Um, I really like Cincinnati from, from a right-hand perspective, and I loaded up. But once they got that rain delay, I got a little bit worried, i got to be honest. But once, you know, it kind of cleared up and I knew the game was going to get played um, because it was the only time they're playing for the rest of the season, um, I knew it was going to be fireworks there and I knew there was going to be a lot of runs. So I was kind of happy that I had a late, I had to stay up late to watch it all. Um, but I ended up, you know, having a good night. But we have a nice little, looks like a nine-game slate, so let's get into it. we got Washington and Philadelphia starting it off. you got a battle of two, I would consider them veterans at this point in their careers. Two veteran righties. I think um, we can attack here from both sides. Harper might be the – this might be the spot to get Harper at some low ownership. He's looking like he might be coming out of a little bit of a funk. He had one of the nicest plays of the season when he gunned somebody out at third base from the, the, the right field wall. I think this might be a spot to attack Harper. Might be a, a spot to do a full game stack. It's the last game of the series. Both teams want to win. Uh, favorable matchups from both sides. So, um, Mark, anything to add here, you know, from a, from a weather perspective, a hitting perspective, I'm assuming you're not playing any of these pitchers, right? Yeah, I wasn't planning to use in Sanchez or Arietta. Uh, it's warm. It's humid. Not overly so. The thing is, it's, it, it's warm. It's going to be nearly 90 degrees up and down the, the eastern seaboard. Um, so that should just help uh, Hitter's Park become even more of a Hitter's Park. Yeah, so I think you know you want want to you want to lead towards the pitchers here. Um, that's where I'll be going. You know, then we have another. You know, like you said, you were cutting up a little bit, but I believe you said it's hot in the Eastern Seaboard, and I live in New York, so I, I figured that's what you said. We have a game in Baltimore, which looks like to be the same type of situation here. Do you have a confirmed starters for for this game as of yet? Eshelman for the Orioles, um, and then on the other side. I think they're doing the Stanek opening in Yarborough as the primary pitcher. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to play this game, you know, very simply. I'm going to get all the bats I can from Tampa, and I'm going to avoid both pitching staffs. I'm not going to really try to attack Baltimore here from a hitting perspective. It's Tampa bats. Um, this dude Lowe has been just straight dominating. Way too cheap on FanDuel at 2900 Kermeyer, way too cheap. I don't mind grabbing all my value from this game as I can. Um, spending up on a guy like Meadows is, is probably where I'm going to go as well. 
Anywhere you can go in his lineup and get value or bats from the Tampa Bay side is really what you want to do. So, like I said, this guy brochure um, at 2,800, batting fifth. You can lock him into your lineups. You can lock in low to your lineups. Uh, Troy's back in the lineup. He, he's playable. Every single bat is playable from the Tampa Bay side. This Baltimore bullpen has been getting tore up. It's not going to get any better on Sunday. So I think we go ahead and we load up as many Tampa bats as possible. Heading back to New York now, I see some some people on Tanaka in this matchup. I see even some people looking at Stroman as a possible value. It sites he makes a little bit of sense fan i'm gonna stay away i'm not a big believer in bvp but if you look what happened last night with with kessler versus trevor bauer um that's pretty impressive and it looks like judge has you know similar or not as great as what you know kepler does to bauer tears up for whatever reason uh he's got his number so how do you feel about a yankee stack and tell me what your thoughts are on tanaka um, Tanaka's been up and down. He obviously has talent. Uh, he should be able to get a win today, that's for sure. On the other side, I'm not sure about a Yankee stack, but I certainly, in my prelim lineup, I have Judge on DK. He's uh, affordable over there. And as you mentioned, the BVP is very impressive. Um, one thing I have been seeing uh, bandied about a little bit is Stroman is basically using this as a uh, sort of a debut or like he's trying to get traded or he's likely to get traded. One, one of those places could be New York. So. Yeah. So, you know, like I, like I said, for SB two, I don't mind it. I think he's going to have a lot of pressure going into this game. You know, like you said, it's, it's, it's hot in New York. This Yankees lineup is not a lineup you really want to mess around with. And if we're talking about the early, you know, early slate on Fanduel, the main slate, there's not too many spots to pick on because there are some good pitchers out there. So I think the Yankees, you know, I, I like a, maybe a mini stack of Judge and Gregorius and maybe even a guy like Gardner who's coming around too. You go for two or three, you got Touchman at the bottom of the lineup at 2.4, maybe grab some value there. And you can always play guys like Luke Voigt or Glaber Torres or DJ LeMahieu. But, you know, that those BVP numbers are pretty impressive. Um, going into Miami, there's been a big debate this year. Here and you know I've been signing on the value side of things, you know, with pitching, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna have recency bias and everybody saying, oh, Chris Sale got blown up yesterday. I'm not gonna pitch Jacob Degrom today. I think it's a different matchup. You know, we're talking about Chris Sale versus the Dodgers and Jacob Degrom versus the Marlins. We're talking about a park that probably plays somewhat neutral in, in, in Boston, and you have a, a great pitchers park in Miami. So I'm going to go back to the well here. You know, I've been avoiding value. I mean, uh, top end pitching. I've been playing value. I even went with Miley and Tehran in my main lineups on FanDuel uh, last night. But today I think it's a, the time to pay out for DeGrom. I don't really like any of these value guys. Like if you told me take a shot on Tanaka or take a shot on Stroman, you know, I'm not going to discredit you for doing it because value has been playing out. Or if you go with a guy like Bailey, who's cheap. But I think the Grom is the lock of the of the, the pitching in the early slate. I'm going to have as much as I can of him. Maybe in a couple of GBP lineups, I will fade uh, what should be high ownership. But who knows? Maybe I'll get the Grom at low ownership because everybody's calling this Marlins team pesky 
and nobody wants to pitch the best pitchers of the slate. Are you going with the ground, Mark? Yeah, it's pretty easy in my prelim lineup. Lock in Granke, lock in DeGrom, get value bats from Tampa Bay, spend up for Judge, and there's your lineup. So I'm pretty much, uh, oddly enough, on the same page as you this morning. Yeah, I think it's the right play, man. It could blow up in our faces, but I'm going to play the numbers. I'm going to play my gut. My gut says go back to DeGrom here. Not really in love with any of these Mets bats. I know, you know, you have a couple good lefties here like Conforto and McNeil and Cano finally hit a home run after about a month, and he's cheap. So you can mix and match here, but I don't think Alcantara is that bad. Uh, Alcantara is that bad to, you know, go ahead and, and stack these Mets. But you know what? You got to have to stack and take some chances here, and I don't hate the Mets. Next game, I think some people will go to. Uh, Bieber has been really impressive. Barrios, same thing. They both have pretty electric stuff. Both came off of the All-Star game, you know, with some impressive game. Um, game logs in the all-star game as well um i'm gonna fade this game in its entirety i'm not gonna go after this minnesota lineup or the indians lineup with either of these pitchers i'd rather take what i think is a safer shot in the grom at the same price point vegas you know thinks alongside of me i don't know who's really gonna win this game i don't know if the indians or the twins are gonna win so i can't take that into account i want no bats from this game you got a strong take on barrio sabibra no, they're both. I mean, especially Bieber's going against a really deep lineup. You have to say the Twins are a betting hitter team than the Indians are. But on the other hand, Barrios never strikes out a lot, and he's got to go against some pretty hot hitters and in, in Lindor and Ramirez. So yeah, and a yeah. lot of lefties there for him to deal with too. Like if you look at the lineup that the that the Indians rolled out, um, you got six lefties to start it, and you got Naquin at the end, and Vegas got Bieber as the projected favorite here. So it's a tough call. You know, if you're going to pay up, I could be wrong. Everybody can troll me on Twitter later, but I'm going to go with DeGrom and I'm going to keep saying his name. And hopefully people hear me and hopefully he goes out there and does what he's supposed to do. So I'm going to avoid this game in its entirety. Um, we got the Brewers going to, going against the Giants at home. It's been a pretty tough series battling late game heroics and all these games. I like Milwaukee here. Uh, BD doesn't impress me too much. I don't have the courage to pitch Sheen. I think this game can end like another 7-4 game, 7-5 game with the Brewers winning. All these lefties are in play. Um, this would be a good game to stack with Tampa Bay or maybe some Yankees. Those are my three favorite, you know, bats on the slate. Yelich, I don't have to really talk much about him. He's he's good. Not as good as Mike Trout, but he's pretty good at baseball. Um, Grandal, Moustakis, Thames, Hero has been hitting well. I don't mind Braun at his cheap price. Everybody in this Milwaukee lineup is playable. And then if you want to attack Shasheen, I think, you know, guys like Dickerson, um, if Voigt gets a start, he's a good filler at 2.1. Brandon Belt's been leading off 3.2. Um, do you like these teams for stacks? Uh, if I was using a, a shot in the dark, I would go with Shasheen. Probably a pretty good chance of getting a win. Obviously, some of the teams that we pick on when we look for pitching are the Giants and the Marlins, amongst others. So you got the Giants. So I'm not going to be overly upset by anyone by saying I'm going to use Shasheen today, especially in a GPP. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I already told you like where I'm going. So that's where my bats and arms were. So, yeah, I kind of just faded this game. But um, I think the one thing you got to be careful is I think Dickerson is battling 
injury. I don't think he played yesterday, and I, he's, I thought I saw in the news that he's likely not to play today. So if that happens, that's just probably the Giants' best bat out of the lineup, and that should only help Shasin. Okay. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I we got to look at these lineups. Um, if if there's some cheap bats in there, maybe we sprinkle them in. But I like Milwaukee's side here. I think they're very playable. Um, here's an interesting take. You know, we saw what Keller did to these Tigers on yesterday's slate, but we also saw the Tigers battle guys. I think Bailey will get some ownership. You know, people who want to play value will go ahead and see Bailey versus the Tigers as a favorite. And Bailey's probably going to be the shiny new toy on Sunday. Um, I wrote him up as, you know, my punt play on a cheat sheet. You know, you can find this cheat sheet if you're a premium member on windailysports.com on our, on our homepage. Me and Wes Anderson go in there and, you know, put our, our top plays at each position, our value plays and our punt plays. And I wrote up Bailey as my punt play. Um, he's coming off some some good starts. He's been battling through five, six innings in, in most of his starts. He, he can go out there and get you 20. He can go out there and get you 50 sometimes. And he can also go out there and get you negative four. Um, that's why he's a punt play. He did have two good games versus Detroit recently. He had a 46-point game and a 34-point game. So that's why, you know, outside of a couple bad starts, he's been pretty consistently good, and he's flashed some upside. So if you want to go value, you want to drop down, and you want to load up on some bats, which I will do, you know, I'm not going to have to Grom in 100% of my lineups because I don't think that makes sense on any slate. So I'm going to have to Grom in my cash games. I'm going to have to Grom probably in 50 to 60 to 70%, somewhere in that range when everything's finished on my GPPs, and I will have some Bailey shares. If Bailey can go out there and grab me 35 points and I get my bats right, I'll be in a good spot, even if the Grom goes out there and gets 55. Um, so I'm not really liking... You know, the Detroit bats too much. You know, there will be a sneaky stack because a lot of people will be loading up on Bailey. And I think guys like Montessi, Gordon, um, Duda, Merrifield, Dozier could be playable. I think Kansas City probably comes in under own, and I think they have a good shot to blow up Jordan Zimmerman because he's a, a dumpster fire waiting to happen. So what's your thoughts on Bailey? Is he your pump play if you're going down? Or do you have another pitcher that you like better? And how do you feel about the Royals? Not a great lineup, but they have a great matchup. Um, good questions, good questions. First off, in my pitching articles, the two bargain basement arms were Alcantara and Bailey. Um, and basically, it's all about the parks they're pitching in and their opponents they're playing against. Alcantara, some people with short memories may forget, pitched a complete game shutout with eight strikeouts against the Mets about a month and a half ago. As you mentioned, Bailey has had success against Detroit recently, too. Um, that being said, I'd be careful. Just like the other night when Jason Vargas was chalk, it's Homer Bailey. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go crazy All in, here. Yeah, yeah I, I could see, like, a GPP winning stack if Detroit goes off. It's Homer Bailey. You got to temper your expectations. Yeah, so certainly not a cash game pitcher, but I get it. Detroit's a bad offensive team. You're in extreme pitching park. You should be okay. But just remember, it, yeah, it didn't work out for Jason Vargas the other night, though. Did yeah, it? that's the one thing that's it's it's has been tough for me to adjust. Um, and I know other people feel the same way. It's just 
how do you go out there and, and tell people we like Jacob DeGrom and we like Homer Bailey as a punt play and then that person goes out and pitches 100% Homer Bailey and Bailey gets blown up or vice versa. They go out and pitch 100% DeGrom and DeGrom has a mediocre or bad start. So that's why like, I, I can't get to every single person and touch every single person. But, you know, my suggestion to all is to have exposure to all the plays that you personally like and have all exposure from a pitching standpoint. You can't do it from hitting standpoint, but from pitching, you know, you, you can make whatever you're exposing yourself to 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 500 bucks, you know, spread it around and, and, and have some exposure to the guys that we mentioned, the guys that you like. So in this case today, as a learning example, like I said, probably I'll be on 60% the Grom. Um, I'm going to talk about a pitcher that I think we both like in the next game that I'll have probably 20% of, which will be Zach Greinke. And then my GPP only Homer Bailey lineups, maybe I'll get 20% of that. You know, that's that's what I want the, the listeners and the readers to understand. All because we write up a guy doesn't mean that we're going to have 100% ownership of that guy and you should, you know, do the same. What we say is this guy has good potential to have a good game and you should have him in your player pool. Whether you make that decision at the end to lock him in, I would say, you know, go ahead and do so, but don't do it at a 100% clip from a pitching perspective and take into account cash versus GPP and then take into account the bats. So, like, we don't have a core's game in this early slate. And there are expensive guys, but nobody you really need to get. So, like, on a day like today, the ground makes more sense for me because I don't, I don't have to find a way to get cores in my lineups or the Astros in my lineup. And I can I can get the ground with some value, guys. But if cores are on this slate and things change, then I'll start looking at Granky a little bit more. Then I'll start thinking about Homer Bailey a little bit more just from a strategy standpoint. You got to look at the whole slate on its entirety and not just take one name on a page or – coming out of a DFS pro's mouth and say, okay, I'm going all in on this guy. Um, but that's enough, you know, knowledge and, and strategy. Let's get back to the slate. Zach Granke versus Rainwright. Mark, I know you like Granke a little bit. W- what's your thoughts here? Cardinals are second worst ISO versus righties in all of Major League Baseball and the fifth worst OPS against righties in all of Major League Baseball. Zach Granke has been fantastic coming off his last two starts before the All-Star Games. Both seven innings, both no runs allowed. Now, his ceiling isn't as high as DeGrom, but I'll say his floor is probably higher. He's. I agree. I think that's a good point to make. Um, yeah. Frankie's been super, super consistent. Right. Even in games where he gets lit up a little bit, he'll still battle through seven innings somehow and keep his pitch count down and rack up some points. So I agree with you on that. And I, I never would have thought it you know, going into the season that, you know, anybody would have a, a lower floor than the Karam because he'd been super consistent from last year. Um, but this year, things have changed. So I agree with that. I think it's a good landing spot to get off some the Grom shares. Um, and I think, you know, for those lineups that you need an extra $1,000, Granky's the obvious choice. So, you know, I don't know what the right split is. I don't know if it's 50%, 30% Granky, you know, or is it 60 20 you know, that's for you to decide as, as a player, but I definitely like Granky as my number two pitcher. And like Mark said, I think he does provide a really safe floor, maybe even higher than the Grom. So I would lock him in as my 
my second cash pitcher. And just, you know, in cash, maybe go 50-50, Granky to Grom. And then in GPPs, you can throw in a guy like Bailey or like what Mark said, Alcantara. Throw him into like 10% of your, your GPP lineups. Because I still think Granky and DeGrom on a slate like today, they provide GPP upside as well. On the last game of the early slate that we're covering, we got Quintana, Quintana at home versus Trevor Williams. I don't really know how to play this game. You know, I like a guy like Schwarber, um, Rizzo, um, Bias is always in play. Bryant's always in play. I think the Cubs go slightly under-owned. It's hard to tell right now where ownership's going to be pegged. And I also think the Pirates, you know, Pirates can get to Quintana, man. He's not anything special. So I think both of these teams are playable. I'm not touching either pitcher. The wind doesn't look like to be much of a factor. It is hot. It is humid out there. Um, What do you got to say about Quintana versus Williams here? Good history versus the Pirates with Quintana. And his last two starts have been very good. I read a little bit upon him in the the Chicago newspapers. Seems like his last two games with some um, encouragement by the pitching coach and Joe Madden that he's really gone heavy with his breaking ball and he's had success at it. So if I wanted to be different from the pack and on FanDuel go completely different, Quintana is going to be a good play at probably like 2 or 3% ownership. On DK, Interesting call. Yeah. Interesting call. And you're right. He will be one of the lowest-owned pitchers. He's coming off a couple of good starts here. I don't know if I have the courage. Yeah. I think, you know, on DraftKings, he's even cheaper at 7.3. So I think on DraftKings, he would make more sense to me. On FanDuel, GPP, like you said, he makes a lot of sense because 3% might even be high. I don't think anybody really goes that way with him. Yeah. But, you know, he does make some sense. He's coming off two good starts. Um, in cer- certain models, I have Williams coming ahead of him. Don't really understand that too much. But how do you feel about the Cubs' bats? I think um, as a semi-Pirates fan living in the vicinity where all the Pirates fans are, the Pirates fans are used to a second-half swoon over the last couple of years. And we've already seen that start to happen. They've lost their two games to the the Cubs after the All-Star break, and I think they're going to continue to struggle. So if that's the case, the Cubs' bat should come alive. Um, but none really stand out. Like you said, Schwarber always a, 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 has a ton of power potential and bats lead off, so you know he gets more bats than anyone else. But he's struggling a little bit. Rizzo, I mean, I, I'm not sure where to go with Cubbies. I really wasn't concentrating on them because I can see Trevor Williams limiting the damage and not getting blown up. So I, I wouldn't know re- really where I would go with Cubs back. Yeah, I think, I think like you said, I think maybe, maybe the thing to do is, and, you know, maybe we do it together, we share a lineup. Maybe we go in there in our one low-priced GPP. Maybe we do a Cubs stack with Quintana just for fun. But like you said, I don't I don't really know where to go. Can they blow up Williams? Yes. Does he, does he get blown up too often? No. no. Um, I think it's more of a one-off, like with a Schwarber, and hope he hits two home runs somehow. Um, but it's, it's, for the most part, a stay-away game for me. Um, there's better spots here. You know, Rizzo has some good. They've seen him a lot, though. So, like, Schwarber, 6 for 17 with two home runs. Rizzo, 5 for 18, a home run. Baez has a home run against him. Not as good, you know. Uh, batting average, but he has a home run against him. So I think the Cubbies go under own. I kind of like it with a Quintana play. 
you know, a little game theory that the Cubs go up, they score a bunch of runs, Quintana lasts the six innings, he gets the quality start and a win, he gets the value. You know, so if you play it out, I don't, I don't mind the play. Um, that's it for the, the main slate. You know, check out our projection tools. Our cheat sheet is already up on our premium accounts at windailysports.com. You know, I myself and another DFS pro, Wes Anderson, goes in there and, you know, breaks down each play at each position, top play, value play, and a pump play, our favorite stacks. Uh, Mark's going to be updating weather. It looks like there's not much weather to do in the early slate, but there might be some stuff in the late slate to check out. So keep an eye out on the weather uh, blog on, on Wind Daily and check out our projection models. And we want to see you in our Slack channel. You know, we had five people win our free roll on Friday and we added them to Slack channel. We're still missing one person who needs to reach out to us because we need to know who you are in order to add you to Slack and give you a gold membership. But everybody else has been added. We're teaching, we're preaching, we're giving you sports bets, we're giving you our favorite plays, we're, we're learning from our mistakes, we're building better DFS players at the end of the day, so make sure you find a way, uh, at least give us a chance, sign up for a month for 1999 and see you know the value that will bring to the table. Mark, have a good rest of your Sunday, and we're out of here. Evening.